to another episode of the Q&R Code podcast. Thanks for being here. That's Quinn. I'm Riley. Welcome back. Um, today we had a little bit of a different episode planned for you guys, but we we went on to listen through and for some reason none of my audio was saved. So it would be a very awkward one-sided conversation and we decided it will have to be re-recorded. So yeah. we'll get back to that potentially next week um but that just shifted our plans a little bit today but i think we actually have a fun episode for you guys quinn thought of this idea and we're rolling with it so do you want to quinn first give a little life update and then we can go into what we're talking about today yes um just so you know what we're our topic is we're thinking of calling these segments twin tips it's a little little bit of twinly advice and in this why am i forgetting what it's called like this this rendition of it now this particular episode (laughs) is family themed because i guess are you thinking edition edition yes on this edition of the twin tips episode we are doing a family themed one where we asked our family to ask us questions and it just so happened to all fall under questions pretty much about family and relationships so that's what we're going to be talking about Um i am like okay they really just put it in our hands to solve our like family's issues that we encounter I'm like i'm gonna have to think I on know. that one <laughs> been struggling with that for the past 24 years <laughs> they should have asked us sooner and we would have helped them solve their problems is what i'm trying to say um little did they know we're all now everyone gets to benefit Exactly. So let's talk a little bit about life things. I, you know, we just had our first Thanksgiving. No, I guess that was our second Thanksgiving away from each other since you went on semester at sea. But just a couple little updates about the last week. First of all, as a family, we played the game Never Have I Ever which I was gifted for Christmas a couple Christmases ago. And it was my first time playing and it was actually very fun. I liked their prompts and it was like they had really good cards for sure. Wow, that's fun. Now I'm just feeling extra left out. Did you learn anything juicy? Yeah, well, what's the bummer is that (laughs) some things you just don't want to know. I'm like, "Mm, maybe I need to look at the deck first and take certain cards out when it's with your family that you're just like, (laughs) no, thanks. I'll pass on any information about this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Friend group stack and family stack. Yes. Um, But I did. Yes, we did learn things. I don't feel like I should really be (laughs) outing people. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, no, um, you can we can talk later unless but, it's stuff that I would rather just unhear myself. No, one of them was funny because the card like we had to pass mom cards that we were like accusing her of, and if they're true, she kept it. And the card I gave her was lied to the police. <laughs> I was like, "Mom, you sucker." Um. So yeah, there's there's your little bit of tea. Yeah. Well, as far as I'm concerned one should not even speak to the police so that's me exercising my amendments and rights right there um (laughs) you're clearly in some type of mood sometimes you have to talk to the police we live in the united states of america so (laughs) unfortunately i am in some some type of mood for sure but no yes sometimes you do and i guess police can be helpful in occasional circumstances but i have recently been having these lawyers continue to come up in my reels on my feed talking about if you get pulled over and they're like yeah just don't say anything don't talk about your day answer no questions and the i don't know if this is just the woman conditioning in me or just general politeness conditioning but i'm like i feel like it would be so rude if they're like so they just said that cops will try to ask you questions about your day and say i don't i'm not going to talk about my day with you which is fair enough but also i'm like knowing me i just don't think in that situation that's what i would say just say thanks so much for asking um I'm not going to be responding to that, but I do appreciate the nicety. But anyway, (laughs) moving on. um, I also, for Thanksgiving, we baked a couple of pies, but wanted to report back on this gluten-free crust that I've been, that I've used a couple of times and it's so good. So we had a gluten-free apple pie and pumpkin pie and the crust was just great. You would have never known it's gluten-free. Um, trying to think of what it's called, but you can get it in the frozen section at Trader Joe's. And I'm sure for sure they have it at like Whole Foods too. Very nice. Yeah, did you enjoy any pie? Or we didn't bake any this year. Um but we did pick up from our favorite bakery in Charlottesville, very delicious chocolate tart. So it was like very decadent, dark chocolate kind of mousse style filling with just a flaky, really like, not like one of those crusts, you know, I'm trying to think of what type of crust this would be, but it wouldn't be like, the frozen one i've seen it from trader joe's it was very more like thin like a pastry um and it was very delicious and Brayden and i just cooked our own little meal at home that was yummy and sweet nice i'm glad sometimes you need a little help i'm not i don't think if it had just been sean and i that we would have We had three pies in two days. So Um, anyway, also one fun thing that I did over this weekend 
is we did a photo shoot with one of my friends and it was so much fun because I used to take pictures all the time. Like I started out, I feel like my first actually professional creative job was being a portrait photographer and I've always just loved going out on photo shoots with my friends and Rye and we had so much fun. We went out and shot photos with the horses on like a snowy day and it just made me excited to create and Kat, who is our friend that we have shouted out so many times on this podcast, it's not even funny. Um, she's the friend we took these photos with, and I also got to take photos of her. She's a photographer, so she was stoked to do the photos of me. But then she also posed for some photos, which I just had so much fun being like behind the camera taking portraits. So that felt very enlivening. Yeah, I want you to get back into doing some photos because Quinn has been doing it for over a decade and I love your stuff. But lately, the things that you've been shooting, I would say, as far as I know, is the majority uh, would be tattoos that you've done, which that's great because we like to see photos of the work you're tattooing. But I want to see you get inspired and go out and do some more portraits because I feel like that's a love of yours. It definitely is. And I really do miss it when I'm not doing it. The thing, what I think I've tried to find a way to, I want to find a way to incorporate it back into my life, but where there's not the pressure. I mean, making money is not feeling like pressure to me, but where it's not feeling like, oh, I'm doing this professionally as a business, send me inquiries because, you know, obviously I just don't have time for that right now. Um, But I think it would be so much fun to just do some more fun, inspiring shoots. And even like, I would really love to do some more fun kind of fashion-y shoots and stuff like that. But should we get into our twin tips section or do you have anything else you want to share? I just feel like I would be remiss if I did not mention, I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. It's a Christmas season and I'm really trying to bring that out in all ways. I love that here we have a long, beautiful fall in Virginia, but I will say it doesn't inspire as much of a holiday feel when it's just like sunny and fairly warm out. Like if you wear a sweater outside, you're probably going to want to take it off. Seeing your snow photos, I was like, uh, yes, that that is the Christmas spirit right there. But I am bringing it into my life in various other modalities and very excited for the season of giving, the season of joy, the most wonderful time of the year. I am also so incredibly excited. Um, Speaking of, I am really giving into people's to to the trap of mentioning people on the podcast because I did find this week that 
um, some of the listeners that belong to our family and friends feel like they can give suggestions about what to say on the pod. And multiple times we're like, oh my gosh, is this going to make it onto the podcast? <laughs> I'm like, you guys will just have to wait and see. But let me, you've got to let me just be spontaneous about it. But my dad will be excited to hear me mention a fail that I had because you had brought up the sweet Laurent, Lorenz cookies. And when we were shopping for groceries, I thought, oh, how perfect when we need a little dessert, get the sugar cookies to just pop in the toaster oven, like Riley's little suggestion from a while back. So I got them and thought, oh my gosh, it's the evening. I'm going to pop a couple of these bad boys in the toaster oven. And what did I do? I did not put anything under them just straight onto the grate and turned that puppy Uh on (laughs) and there were no longer cookies to be had. It became only just an atrocious cleanup. Wow. Well, I will not claim any liability for that as... I would never have recommended to go um, great first, but I am sorry to hear about that fail, especially because you're probably licking your little chops looking forward to a couple cookies, only to find only disaster. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Obviously, I didn't blame you at all. I was like, yeah, as soon as I heard my mom be like, "Uh oh. And I was like, oh my God, like, I just, I don't know. It was one of those moments where you just don't think I was just excited about the cookies. Okay. And I was just trying to go back and join my family and like be present. And I just thought, okay, quickly pop these in and go back. And it was a flop, but I'm going to try it again the right way this time with a little piece of foil under we did get some really nice wreaths at Trader Joe's and they're really quite affordable. I was telling my mom, I was like, I'm scared I won't even be able to really Christmas decorate outside my house because we're trying to save. Um, but they had really, really great wreaths for whatever, 11 bucks. So I treated myself to a couple and I'm so excited to put them up. Tis the season. Cheers to you. Have a holly jolly holiday, and let's get into twin tips, shall we? Yes, lovely. Let's do it. All right, I will read number one from an anonymous family member of ours. On vacations or when you're sharing space, what's the best way for people to know you need some quiet time even while sitting in a communal space? Is it wearing your AirPods or a quote-unquote quiet beanie? (laughs) (laughs) Which I love the idea of. (laughs) (laughs) When I saw that, I just have to believe that a quiet beanie is not the solution. <laughs> Although, I love the idea of a quiet beanie, actually. That's just respected. Like, I, you know, I want quiet time if there's this beanie on my head. Yeah, it's like the opposite idea of the talking stick. It's a do not exactly. talk to me beanie. 
Yeah. Here's my take on this. The difficult part is people respecting that you want quiet time and space. So even if you have a quiet beanie on, it requires cooperation from all parties for that to be respected. And I think that the biggest theme of this episode is likely to be communication. And that can be really challenging with your family because with our family members, we all can be a little bit different versions of ourselves because of all the history that's there, because of the complicated dynamics, because of um, so many reasons that I myself find I'm a much less strong and patient communicator often in a family situation because my emotions will get heightened far quicker than it would with a friend or someone that I just am less down in the deeps with. So I think that the important thing is everyone being able to feel heard in a situation without the immediate judgment. Because with family members, often we are much more free with our opinions. And if you say something that it might be less likely to be heard and taken in that way that you might with a friend. So I think that recontextualizing and thinking about your family and who they are and remembering to have grace for people. And if you're on a vacation, I understand wanting to all spend time together, wanting to be catching up. We all miss each other. We want to have that time spent. But lots of us in our family and even people that aren't introverts deserve quiet time, but lots of us are people that have a social battery that runs low quickly and it's hard to keep up with the pace of a loud, boisterous group for the entire duration of spending time all in one area together like a vacation. And so I think that just remembering, even if it's out of love, I want to talk to you and sit next to you because I just want to catch up with you and I'm enjoying this and I want this conversation somebody isn't wanting quiet time from you necessarily because they don't want that too. We just need moments of peace and quiet to recharge, to do our reading, to journal, whatever it is that you're trying to do, just to have that peace for a moment. And it's not a personal thing about, I don't want you to talk to me right now. It's just, I want, I want a moment. I realized I didn't quite get to answering the question, but I want to hear you weigh in on it. Yeah, well, I, you know, I think a lot of things about this. First of all, um, you know, when you first mentioned people might not, the trickier part is people might not respect it. I also think that can, it could come off like that sounds negative as if people are intentionally being disrespectful. But what I think often might happen is that you don't even mean to be being loud or not. If someone asks you for a quiet space and then 
everybody accidentally is kind of talking, laughing, whatever. My feeling is probably most of the time, it's just kind of hard to hush that feeling of excitement when you're with other people where, especially if you haven't seen them in a long time or, um, you know, there's excitement to be together. It might be sometimes a little hard for people to wind down. Um, I think a lot of this, like Riley is talking about, kind of relies on having a history of good communication because I've been practicing for quite a while now, more seriously since I've been in um, really consistent therapy for the past couple of years, being expressing my boundaries and something that I have found huge success in with my family and friends is having repetition about talking about my needs and gentle, not being in their face. Like I told you this, I've already told you no approaching it in a way of, you know, just a reminder ahead of time that I do best and show up as my best self when I've been able to recharge and have some quiet time. So, um, just know that throughout the trip, I might be asking you a little bit for that or needing to take some time to myself because I'm going to be the best version of myself who you deserve to have showing up in your space if I'm able to recharge. So, you know, I think I've been able to move more successfully through our family vacations and our stays together because I've been building up that like, oh yeah, I remember I, I do well having some time away. Um, so it's not just like, what? You don't want to hang out with us? It's like, no, of course I do want to. I just need my me time. I also think one way you could go about this is if you do have maybe you choose one family member or one friend you're going to be on vacation with that you feel like really understands this side of you or what maybe signs look like when you're starting to get a little agitated or maybe just need some time away from the group. And if you have a hard time deciding, oh, now is the time or else I'm going to get irritated and maybe aggro and not be being the nicest, maybe there's a friend or family member that that knows you well enough where you can tell them ahead of time, hey, if you see I'm getting a little riled up, do you mind just giving me, helping me with a little reminder of maybe now's a good time to take a few minutes and go into your, you know, solo room or whatever and have some, have some me time because I also think in a communal space, it is a lot to ask. I think in a perfect world, we could all have our own, you know, little preferences respected in a communal space. But I do think often we just have to use the tool of going to your own space if you're lucky enough to have like your own little room or maybe it's a shared room, but you say, hey, do you mind, like, can you give me 15 or 20 or half an hour to just decompress on my own? Um, so I feel like yeah. sometimes you just, you need to know, maybe we work up to 
having your quiet time respected in a communal space. But for now, if your family isn't maybe as receptive or when you ask that, they accidentally get riled up and still are being being loud and not really respecting the quiet that you might just have to remove yourself, you know? Yes, definitely. I will move us along to the next question because this, I think, can have some similar answers. They said, what's the best way to be able to share information and indicate nicely you are only sharing but not looking for advice? And I think that this comes up a lot with not only family but friendships and often I find that people are quick to give advice because they think it's helpful. And although this is an advice episode, it's a little ironic, but I think that advice is tricky because what you would do in a situation does not necessarily reflect what the best thing to do in a situation is for everyone because we all have different goals and different approaches and different opinions. So sometimes when you're receiving kind of unsolicited advice from someone, it can be frustrating because you're like, well, I actually wasn't really looking for what you would do because I'm me and I'm gonna do me. I just was venting or wanted to talk or get something off my chest. And so I think honestly to me, I'm interested to hear what Quinn has to say for this situation as well, because the most obvious answer is the one that I go to, because when I want to share someone, particularly with a friend that I know is prone to wanting to give advice, I will say, I just want to feel heard right now. This is just something that I want to talk about, but I'm not looking for advice about this. And on the opposite end, I think that when somebody comes to you and is sharing something before you just assume that they are looking for advice, you can affirm them and say, yes, I can see why that would be so emotional for you or I've been there, whatever it is, you want to affirm what they're feeling and then say, were you looking to get an opinion or any advice about this? Or did you just want to feel heard? Do you want to talk it out? And before you just put your thing on someone else, I think that it's nice to put that out there because then you clarify before you're kind of making someone feel like, oh, I wasn't really looking for that right now. I didn't need that, then you just give the option. And I think it ties back to our last question, because as it's really important that if you're going to have a boundary, you're able to set it and continue setting it. And I think that that's very powerful. But I also think that as a conscientious person that wants to make people feel comfortable and as like seen and valued as possible in my life, if somebody is visibly reading or has AirPods in or is doing something that's like a little more solo and contemplative, there's not necessarily going to be a way to know for sure they do or do not want to be approached and to have quiet time. So you can just say, hey, 
do you want to strike up a conversation right now? I just had a thought. Or are you looking for quiet time? Or we were going to play a game. Is that something you're interested in? And then you give them the opportunity. They can say yes or no, but instead of just starting that out or being like, hey, let's go, everyone's leaving, whatever, and making it like you are a part of this, you frame it as a question and you give somebody an option. Yeah, I think that's all great. And I think this kind of stems back to the really like working on yourself, doing self-work and people um, doing their work themselves. Because I think when you are feeling really present and on good terms with yourself and feeling pretty aligned, I think you often are in a place that you don't feel like you need to um, provide feedback that's not asked for a lot of the time, unless it's something that's, you know, directly affecting you. Like, hey, you, you might not be looking for feedback on this, but since we're sharing a space right now, can I please tell you something that's been on my mind? Um, I think also when how you started by answering this was like i you said i'm just looking to be heard right now i'm not looking for advice i like to approach it almost like that but instead i start with are you in a place that i can just share and you're available to hear something without giving me advice like are you are you open to that right now people might think this stuff sounds a little woo woo but honestly it feels good to communicate with respect and respectfully being communicated to you know that it feels good on both sides and i think respecting people's boundaries and preferences feels really good on both sides i also think there are harder times and you know we got another question that's kind of piggybacking off of this one, which is what is a healthy way to communicate that you don't feel respected by the feedback or interaction you're having with a loved one without it reading as an attack on them? I think that's a hard one. And I think part of it has to do with how well you know someone and know each other and what little things might trigger them because I do think to avoid a upsetting interaction in the first place is obviously ideal, but the world isn't perfect. So that can't happen every time. I feel like the first bit of feedback I have for that is just kind of like what I said, maybe think twice before you're even starting to give that feedback like we've like we've just said you know um right can you respond to that one a little more because i didn't really i don't know i'd love to hear what you think about it Mm -hmm. it is definitely complicated and people i think have to work a lifetime to figure out a lot of these questions i think that it's difficult when you're dealing with family because ideally if you're dealing with a supportive family structure then people 
are just invested in you because they care and they love you and we want to see the best in one another and we want to bring out those amazing qualities that we know each other have so then sometimes people get so invested in your life that they are maybe offering up more feedback than you want when you're just trying to figure yourself out you're just trying to live i know that's something that we have definitely encountered as a family where there can be so much input and sometimes you're the feeling is just just let me do me like i i know that this isn't perfect or i know that this isn't necessarily how you would approach something i'm just trying to figure that out and so i think before it gets to the point of where someone is maybe feeling disrespected by feedback it's an area where i've been working on growing and i feel like i have is first taking that time with myself and asking why do i feel compelled to put this opinion out there on my loved one is it something that i genuinely am concerned that without this feedback they might be at a loss and that this is an important thing to share or is this more of like a personal opinion where for me i wouldn't do it that way or i see the issue differently but that's my thing and it's not theirs i think that sometimes with my siblings especially we have had to balance that out and figure out especially through our early 20s like when do we intervene on each other's lives and when do we take a step back and just say this is their life and yes i want the best for them and yes i want them to have the most like beautiful rich life full of all the potential that i know they have but we're just, it's hard enough to be the captain of your own ship without trying to micromanage other people's. So I think the best possible outcome is avoidance of that situation. But once you find yourself in that situation, because say, this is just a made up example, I have no problems with how Quinn raises her animals. But say I was thinking, that she was doing a technique with her horses that I'd learned about that I didn't really agree with. And I could say, hey, Quinn, I've been thinking a lot about how you are raising your horses. I know that you want to do the best by them. And some new information has come to light for me. Are you open to receiving some feedback about horse rearing styles and about my opinion on how you can maybe modify some things? to make it the best possible outcome for both of you. And then if she doesn't want to hear my opinion on that and she says, no, thank you. I feel well-equipped in this area and I, I don't want to hear that from you. Then you have to be okay with that and accept that. Even if I'm feeling like, Oh, but I really think this would benefit you. And I want you to so much like don't ask someone if they're okay with something, if you're not going to be, able to respect that and receive that back because i think that could be an area where maybe some tensions do 
arise because we just come right out and I say, Quinn, I don't like how you're raising your horses. I think it's wrong. I think that you're not doing the best by them that you could. And that's just my opinion. And people think that because you're like, oh, that's my opinion, then it doesn't hurt someone's feelings when we all know that isn't the case. And when you come out like that, then Quinn's more likely to come back on the defense instead of entering the conversation with vulnerability and with your guard down. I definitely am someone to throw my guard up quicker. And I've worked on that over time. But I know for me, the delivery makes a huge difference where if I hear someone with a tone, I will pick up a tone just as quick. And then it's just like clippy and it doesn't feel nice to anybody. Yeah, I think delivery and tone makes literally a whole world of difference. Um, You know, in these situations, there are so many different scenarios too, like to how they could be playing out. Because for example, if the horse wasn't mine, but it was either our families all or someone else's, like say, the horse was my mom's. Um, I would have to respect her giving feedback about how she wants things done with her horse, you know? So if, um, you know, you've even had to done this stuff with Pinkerton that I've approached the family and said, we, this is how we train this specifically. Um, I would really appreciate if you guys do this or don't do this, whatever the different instances may be. For example, with Pinkerton, we have a rule of four on the floor because I don't want her jumping up on people. And I also don't feel comfortable with her being picked up by people. She's a big dog and it's not something I'm comfortable with and she doesn't like it. So I've made that boundary, you know, we don't do this with our dog. And in that case, it really needs to be respected because it is my decision about my own thing. I think going back to like the root of this question that is specifically, what's a healthy way to communicate you don't feel respected? Like you specifically feel disrespected by feedback. I think you have to decide in the moment for yourself, can I convey this right now in a respectful way myself or do I need some time because if you can't then communicate that you feel disrespected in a respectful way you're disrespecting the next guy and then that's not fun or fair to make this cycle worse so you know I would say evaluate in that moment is it something I can wait on right now cool down about and then come back to the situation later and say, Hey, um, I think the tone again in this is so important. I think it's one of the absolute most important things. And then what you say is also extremely important. Um, but just gently and nicely coming from a centered place within yourself saying, it did hurt my feelings that you communicated like this, or I didn't feel like you were being the most respectful to me. I may have um, misperceived that, but I care about having a loving, respectful relationship with you. So I did want to voice 
even if you don't know 100% what felt wrong to you, you can just say, I don't know exactly why that rode to me the wrong way, but it did. It kind of did. Um, so do you mind maybe just on this subject, not giving your feedback next time? Or if you feel like you can show up in the moment and be a nice, good version of yourself, I think you do the same thing or, you know, take a deep breath and then say, um, it didn't feel super respectful the way you said that. I'm sure you wouldn't mean it that way because maybe I know you better than that and I know that's not how you would try to approach me, but um, I do feel like it came off that way. And hopefully you'll be able to have a good interaction from there and maybe receive an apology if it's appropriate. But I do think, you know, we're the captain of our own ships and we can't decide how other people respond. And um, we don't, we can't really expect certain things of people. Like if you're putting expectation and making assumptions on people, that's kind of going against this whole respectful, loving vibe. So think just know you're the captain of your ship and you can only be the best version of yourself. And by doing that, you will be bringing a better version of people around you. It, to me, is important to try to avoid people's triggers in a way that I just would prefer if I know that something is like a point of tension for someone i'm not trying to be the person that pokes that bruise but at the same time we have to be our own biggest advocates and if that particular thing that is hard for a person is like emotionally damaging me and i need to be able to advocate for myself then we can't always avoid that but we can just still try to be respectful of things but i think that the most important thing for effective communication to happen is knowing yourself because that's the only thing you truly have control over is getting to know yourself better getting to know your patterning better the things that you're prone to the th the way that communicating is most effective for you the way it's not so for example for me I am not going to be all right emotionally in a situation when voices start getting raised. Some families communicate like that. I don't think that it's the most effective, but I'm not here to judge what other people do. But as soon as things getting like start getting bigger and the energy's going up, maybe voices are getting raised, maybe tones are coming out gestures are really coming out and people are clearly starting to get heated i just don't i want to disengage from that and that's not a time that i can be productive with people and i think that taking a break and a step back should always be allowed i want to see through a conversation and i understand that sometimes people don't want to step back because they're like i want this to be resolved and i don't want to stop digging into this issue until there's a resolution but sometimes there's not a resolution right then and you need to diffuse tension and everyone has the right to remove themselves from a situation i think that it's respectful to 
return, if it's a loved one, if it's a family member that you're hoping to have an ongoing relationship with, resolution should be a goal. But I think that we need to hear each other if somebody's saying, I'm getting hot. I need a minute. I need five minutes. I need 20. I need to go on a walk. Whatever it is that needs to bring it down because there's no point in like going in when a situation is already to that point. And I think that people, certain personality types especially, have a hard time taking their foot off the gas pedal and just know that about you or am i someone that's prone to feel disrespected like am i someone that in situations where there was probably no intent of disrespect or it wasn't even about me really like you have to ask yourself these hard questions that's why therapy is so amazing and so important because it's looking at you it's not always you can't always look outwards at what is my family doing that's making me feel this way what is my partner doing that's making me feel this way why does the world make me feel this way like that's that's your responsibility whether somebody is truly being caustic and irrespectful or disrespectful to you or they're not whatever way you take those things ultimately it's going through your filter and just because you're reacting one way to something doesn't mean someone else would so it's not like that statement was inherently disrespectful if you take it that way part of that is the party's fault that's delivering that because we're responsible for the things we say and the actions we take but i just am saying it's so important to take responsibility and ownership over our own reactions and our own emotions. And it's very empowering doing that sort of work. is not always the most like exciting or appealing thing to people, but getting to understand yourself is a really beautiful and important thing. And it will serve you in so many contexts, but there are lots of different modalities to do it. Even if it's not talk therapy, even if it's just reading some Brene Brown and learning about emotion or learning about communication, just doing that sort of work instead of just hoping that over time your communication and your relationships are going to improve. Um, unfortunately, surprise that takes effort. And when it's effort coming, mostly from one party then that can build up even more resentment because it's frustrating to try to take on both sides of like emotional intelligence in a situation and it's draining and it's better for everyone when then say the situation does diffuse we come back together and you're both able to recognize a degree of fault and it's not like Okay, thank you, Quinn, for apologizing because you were wrong for that and I felt disrespected and that hurt my feelings and you never should have done that. So I'm glad you can recognize that. Then that doesn't feel good anyway. It's better to be like, thank you, Quinn, for apologizing. I felt disrespected, whatever it is, because I've felt judged by you in the past and it makes me feel like nervous that you're not proud of me and that's really important to me so then I, it's a point of sensitivity and that's something that i'm working on you know just being able to have that i think is always such a nicer feeling and being able to see 
that you have control over these things a lot of the time is very empowering because I feel like it's so much better to be like, wow, yes, Brayden, this is me affirming you. I caught a tone with you immediately. You do not deserve that. And I wouldn't like that coming my direction. So that's me and that's my work. And that is something that I can, I can do that. I actively can be the one to make our relationship better. That's awesome. That's great news. Yeah, I think so too. And I've also noticed that over time of me becoming more and more aware of myself, the sooner I kind of say something and maybe this <clears throat> isn't a technique I'm recommending, but it works for my relationship with Sean specifically um, and honestly with others. But when you, you know, notice I will, I, I got a tone with Sean last week. I got a tone and I was just at the end of my rope with so many things boiling to the surface. Thankfully we check in so often. He also knew that about me, but I got a tone. And in that instance, I said, I am not talking to you very nicely. And I kind of will say it in my own little like joke voice of like, uh, I know I was not just talking to you nicely. And that can kind of take off the pressure and make making mistakes feel less serious of just like, dang it. I'm sorry. I didn't all mean to talk to you like that. And what the heck? And then you can give a more sincere apology if it's, I mean, if it was something crazy, maybe that's not appropriate. But you know, what I'm talking about was just like a slight raise of the voice where then I was like, uh, I'm being silly. I'm sorry. I took out my hard feelings on you and you don't deserve it, you know? But mm-hmm. And I when think- you can check yourself, that also helps because then it doesn't become a back and forth. Like you say something to me, Quinn, and then I'm like, well, like listen to your tone you're talking to me like this and I don't like that and then you're like well you're not even addressing what I my issue just was with you you're just bringing up something with me and sometimes these things build in that way where instead if you can avoid it becoming a tit for tat that tends to be a far more productive conversation um we have one last question for advice oh no, there are a couple more. Sorry. Yeah. Two more. This well, this one says, what are effective ways to share cooking, cleaning, household chores to avoid feeling like you are always, quote unquote, carrying the lion's share? And I will let you begin, Quinn. I thought I had a little bit of a um, good idea for this. You know, it definitely is different depending on the situation you're in this one this response probably pertains mostly to family unless you're really close who knows i guess i'm not going to make assumptions that everyone's really close to their family we happen to be close to our family and know each other really well so i feel like an effective way is thinking okay what is this person what is this family member or um what is kind of their thing what is something that they might gravitate toward if they had to do a chore you know like okay let's say for example if your older brother is not a morning 
person and they're going to be sleeping late and whatever, maybe their job is not um, let the animals out first thing or feed the animals breakfast or making people coffee. Maybe it's like, okay, well, why? It's kind of like petting the cat backwards. Like, don't give someone the duty that they specifically would not be well suited for. So maybe it's like, oh, this person is super happy to like take breaks doing something in the middle of the day. Maybe they're the perfect one to vacuum because they don't mind it. They put their headphones on and like have a little gummy beforehand and they don't mind it. You know, maybe just trying to kind of curate it and getting people's opinions too of, Hey, I think I like, I'm super open to taking on this task. How do you feel? Do you, does helping with laundry sound better or would you prefer to be walking the dogs? You can tell I'm such an animal mom, but I feel like collabing like that uh, kind of ahead of time, even maybe over coffee and a little snack or cookie being like, okay, let's, let's make this decision and have it feel more light and fun. Not like you have to do this no matter what. And this is your job. So-and-so, you know, giving, giving the power back to the people. Yes, that's a good tip. I also recently saw a suggestion on Instagram, I believe. This is, it was specifically for the context of living with your partner, but I think it could be applicable elsewhere, is just sitting down and having a conversation about like, what do you feel is clean? Because when I say, hey, can you go clean the kitchen? And then if I were to come in and I'm like, this does, this isn't clean, I'm frustrated, you didn't do anything, this isn't what I expected, maybe to you, cleaning is more tidying, like organizing, having everything be in its place, where I mean cleaning by like more wipe down, do the floors, like vacuum, all this. So having a conversation with your household, like, when I when some a space is clean and neat, what how do you perceive that? What would would you go do if you were told to clean your room? So you can just at least get on the same page as people. So then you can avoid some of the tension if you are saying, "Well, I did clean the house today," and then it's like, "No, you didn't," because I just had to vacuum the floors and nothing was put away. Whatever, just kind of get on the same page with the people in your household. I think is helpful, and I also think that. Gosh, I'm kind of torn about this because I understand, believe me, especially as a woman, I understand how it feels to have the pressure of taking on all the duties of a household. And that can definitely breed resentment. And we don't want that. But also, I think there is a degree of truth to the fact that if there is a partner or member of the household that does have more particular standards and care more as in my household with Brayden, I certainly do. Like there's, it doesn't bother Brayden if the mirrors in the house don't get wiped down. If there's like splattering on the mirrors, he just wouldn't even notice that. If I ask him to like wipe it down, he will, but he doesn't notice. And so I think it's hard because I can feel 
often like I'm doing the lion's share of the work because I notice details that aren't important to him. And sometimes if something's more important to you, that responsibility is going to end up more on your plate. And to some extent, you can work through that. And to some extent, I think part of that is making peace with it. If it's truly, for me, it takes five minutes to wipe down all the mirrors in our house. And we have a lot. So it's like, at the end of the day, am I going to let that get under my skin when like he does a lot of stuff that I don't take care of? No, like we don't have to have everything be even Stevens. And I think, again, just being able to communicate that effectively. And if you're feeling like things are really unbalanced and you have a healthy household, then people should hear that from you and care and just get curious what makes you feel that way and how can we help with that? Is it that you don't like, for me, I get mad I won't say get mad, though sometimes anger does creep in, but I more get irritated if I feel like I'm cleaning up people's little messes, even though they're things that take me very little time. It's just irritating because I'm like, this is so easy. I know you could just do it and you're all adults, so I don't like to do it for you. I don't like to fold up people's blankets and fluff their pillows and take their plates that are sitting next to the sink and put them in the dishwasher. I'm like, just do that. If everyone just does it themselves, then it won't build up and it won't become an issue. So I think doing these little things also helps you stay on top of your life and your stuff. How about instead of when you take off clothes, just throwing them on a heap on the floor, tossing them into the hamper, then it's done. It's done for you and it's done for your partner or any household members and you avoid <laughs> that feeling altogether. But when it comes to the other chores, I I love what Quinn said because I think that if you find what you, if you know what you're supposed to be doing and everyone's doing their thing, then things work great. In my household, it's not even about like, well, I do this much and so you do that much. It's just getting honest. Sometimes we can get frustrated because we're looking through our lens and we can feel like I'm doing so much. What are you doing for me? Sometimes it just requires a step back and a reminder that you might not notice what someone else is doing because it looks different. And maybe to them, they feel like cooking you a big dinner each night is that's like that gesture for them and that's how they're like contributing in the house and making you feel like taken care of and you just didn't picture it that way so i think when we come with an open mind to a situation that goes a really long way touche um I did realize when I was giving my response to, I was just kind of picturing still like being on vacation with people. I think it does apply either way. This one maybe pertains more to vacation because, or something shorter term, but you could even, you know, when you're sitting down, if you feel like it's something with the dishes where it's like, okay, I do not want to be the one doing the dishes the whole trip. I really want help with that. And again, Often stuff does fall on the women's shoulders like this because it's assumed, you know, if men don't take care of it, the women will end up doing it. So maybe that's one where you are more like, okay, I took it upon myself. We did print out a chart. I know it might seem a little kindergarten or a little funky, but I would really appreciate if everyone could choose one to two slots of 
a.m middle of the day p.m whatever so we can all pitch in and i will take the brunt of the work but then i know i'm getting help or you could say how about this if there's two people that love that are besties and love being around each other it could be like okay how about you guys just you do the same thing you go together you're doing the dishes together this time so you can turn on your music and have your fun and feel like maybe it's a little bit more of a team effort and still romanticizing it i'll go into our last question which is how do you plan for everyone's needs or wants being met during a family trip from food choice to sightseeing to quiet time to group or couple times do you want to start this one off since I started the last one? Sure. I think that's a great question and one that I am still learning myself because it's difficult. It's difficult to travel. It's difficult to travel, period. I'll just put a period after that because it's beautiful. It's amazing. I think taking trips is like one of the most powerful ways you can bond with people. So I think it's really special and important and we shouldn't avoid it just because it is hard. But I think the more people get added to a group when traveling, the more difficult it is to balance. So you have to find big enough accommodations, you have to find that transportation and you have to suit everyone's different needs. This is no shame to my celiac girlies, but I know when I was on semester at sea, eating was often a little bit of a struggle, not because my girlfriends with celiac made it one, but we would feel like stressed to make sure that there was something to eat for everyone where we were. And we were like feeling really badly when menus didn't accommodate that and that can happen with lots of different like eating restrictions or just preferences and there are lots of things to juggle so to me one of the biggest things i think is before the trip happens sitting down for a brainstorm discussion with everyone that isn't focusing on logistics one that is specifically about like what are our desires what do you want to get out of this trip is this to you more of like a sightseeing situation depending on where we're going this would be different like for me there are certain places that i would really want to be seeing lots of museums and historic sites and maybe have a more full itinerary in that way because this is a city that i have like lots of things I want to check off my box or maybe we're going somewhere that's a little coastal that I'm really needing to take a load off and I'm like I want to read and relax and put my feet up and get in the water and have no commitments I don't even want you to like schedule dinners I don't want to have anything that is a have to do I want to whatever just get clear so then even if people are landing a little differently on that chart, you know that. So say Quinn, Sean, Brayden and I are going on a honeymoon. Oh wait, we did this summer. And we, this was a bit of a unique situation because there, we were like moving around from place to place a lot, which can 
also like eat into your time but we all talked about what do we want out of this and we could have chosen like elected at the beginning to stay in one spot and that would have had its advantages too but we talked about it beforehand and we wanted to see more things and so although i think we all would have enjoyed a little more downtime a little more relaxation for that period that's not how it looked because we decided while we're international we want to see some more places and that's just inherently going to be a little more of a flustered vibe then okay we're renting this house in the woods for a week and we're stationed out of their home base so i think that's to me the best advice is just to before you're there and then end up in a situation like oh shoot we had really different expectations of what this was going to be like that you get on top of it to begin with again agreed i think like what you said basically letting go of expectations that's a big theme here because having expectations of other people and what they want and what they're going to do like first of all know your audience is is it someone very reliable or you know they're their preferences and stuff very well that you having an expectation makes sense like oh yeah i mean they mentioned they wanted to do this this and this and i know them so well i'm sure they're going to want to do a day of shopping (laughs) we have some friends that i'm like i can expect you're going to want to shop i don't even need to ask um but you know just i think that's a big part is be someone that doesn't have these big expectations of other people so you're not getting disappointed but then i also think you it depends on the circumstance again if you if this vacation was fully paid for for you by whether it's your mom and dad or your in-laws whatever the situation is if it is a vacation that someone else invited you on they're paying for whatever just be considerate and do some of the things they want to do. Maybe say, hey, do you mind? We would really appreciate if we get to do these things that are kind of on our own or you're welcome to come with, but I, I'd i prefer not to sightsee this many days. Whatever your preferences are, I still think you need to meet people halfway and be like, okay, well, this also does need to be compromised. They are being so generous. They're doing this. I'm not going to say F you. I never have to show up to any family dinner. It's like, no, you, you know, read the room. Are you on a family vacation? Then don't be going out every single night or bringing people home back to your little, your hotel or something like that. You know, you just kind of have to have that common courtesy also. Yeah, that's so, so true. That's so true, Quinn, because I think I was just thinking in a super general way and like a trip that our family recently did since we did a big one together that had couples and it was a big group. And when you have couples, a lot of the times people want to split off for a little day date and things like that. But definitely think of the trip that you're on when you're going to someone's bachelorette party you should probably count on doing what they want to do and celebrating them and being there for everything that 
they were hoping for their weekend and you'll get your turn or you can do a trip that's your birthday trip and it's all about you whatever like just be considerate of the thing that you're doing if it's someone's birthday trip and you're like but i just want to relax and they really want to go to a museum you're not just gonna tell you well you can go ahead i don't want to do that come on you don't have to be a diva like be malleable it's fun to do lots of stuff and when you're traveling like going with the flow is going to be your best friend if you're grumpy because of being in the airport or because of transportation or because you're walking around and your feet hurt like nobody wants to be with you you're being a drag get with the program grow up and just have fun no matter what's going on and that is for sure the case that if it, if something is a particular type of trip you might just have to get a grip and understand it's not always all about you and you might have to do some things that weren't your first top pick that's okay make it great no matter what but i am glad well, we did our first wait but guess what but now segment. i have to oh. but now i have to add back oh, <laughs> we are you guys we're trying we're really trying to keep each other accountable and being concise and not having this episode go too long but what what can we say when we when we want to add our opinion what can we do um because i think just kind of a psa pertaining to this whole episode is just remember that in order to appropriately boundary set you need to under understand what is appropriate boundary setting because i think unfortunately because i hold the word boundary so near and dear to my heart and it truly has made me feel so empowered to be doing the work and learning I've done with my therapist about setting like fair and appropriate boundaries that when it gets kind of thrown around as if like, oh, this is my boundary or like, yeah, or you need to respect me because this, this is, I would really urge you to either seek therapy and knowing from learning directly from a, a professional and becoming equipped with tools to use the proper language around this and respect that term boundary um either you know find a therapist if you can or do research from very like legit sites you know we know we we know how to look at things.org mayo clinic that type of stuff um to actually empower yourself with your knowledge because i know our listeners are not people who want to be weaponizing that word we want it to be something that we cherish respect protect and that adds positively and helps build safe happy healthy relationships not manipulates people or shames or guilts people mm -hmm. there's a difference between preferences and boundaries that i know sometimes we joke around and that's fine but just a reminder there um and i think the moral of the story is it's an ongoing journey to enhance communication with friends and with family and ultimately i think that people have a lot of compassion to give we just need to 
be able to look inward. That's the biggest thing is instead of always projecting out and why are these people making me feel like this? Look at yourself first. You can't, before you point out somebody else's mess, make sure your own room is clean sort of situation and just see how can I bring the best version of myself to the table. And if everyone's doing that, it's going to be a lot easier. It's going to be a lot more harmonious, especially this time of year when maybe you're getting together with some people or going back to your hometown that sometimes you can feel a little infantilized or maybe like your little teenage demon is coming out to get you and you might be in your staying in your bunk bed and not being the best version of yourself. Let's keep this in mind to keep this season <laughs> jolly. Yes. And, you know, biggest wreck of all, wreck as in REC recommendation, would be to have the gummies on hand get something a little infused herbal tea you know sometimes sometimes we just need a little a little moment to, yeah, oh. to to take the edge off <laughs> but I really hope you guys enjoyed our first episode, um, the first edition of Twin Tips. I'm stoked that we got to share a little bit of insight and um, advice. Definitely let us know if you have suggestions for another topic, something you'd like to hear us speak on, or if you need some advice, you can DM us exactly. as well. That's exactly what I was going to say. We're definitely going to do another edition coming up so if you have a thought on a theme or something that would specifically be useful or play to our strengths that you want to hear us chat about let us know we're super open to that and in fact we demand it <laughs> um this is not we're not asking this time like we talked about earlier we're telling thanks <laughs> okay you guys we appreciate you so much you know it cannot wait to speak with you all next week and have a lovely day talk to you later see you in december buddy okay see you then bye bye